passion, drive, and patience. The formula of winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything for you to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has it covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP it needs to be and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Again, ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Support for the Bubba Army Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming. Their fourth-generation performance package absolutely changed the grooming game along with their refined body wash to round out your hygiene routine. Join the nearly 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped for their shower time routine by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code Bubba. Have you smelled Manscaped's refined body wash, fellas? The ladies love their signature scent. You and your boys will be so fresh and so clean when you start off your self-care routine with the ultimate body wash. Keep the grooming game going with the Performance Package 4.0, and inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker and nose trimmer, crop preserver and ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all the goodies. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the weed whacker to chop your worst weeds up the top of your nose and ears. Nothing's worse than that nose hair. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with code Bubba at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code Bubba at Manscaped.com. Keep your balls trimmed, fresh and clean with Manscaped. Tastes like cherry chocolate. Okay, you're live. I kissed a girl and I liked it. That news anchor looks like Katy Perry. It's throwing me off. Um, we're live now. Yeah. Cool. Let me see. Prove it. All right, cool. We got 66 people watching. What's up? Welcome to Off the Rails with Anna and Blitz, also affectionately known as Blummel now. Uh, we're not starting too, too late. I did have to eat. Because I, I intermittent fasted myself too long. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And that's not good. Because then I get ravenous and then I can't get full and I just want to keep eating, 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 eating. So I had to stop myself. And the way that I do that is I say, you've had enough. And then I just start downing caffeine because I feel like caffeine is an appetite suppressant. No? Sure. Why not? If Dan can have cigarettes, then I can have caffeine every once in a while. By every once in a while, I mean every single fucking day of my life. Well, yeah, you drink coffee every morning. I do, yes, and I try to just keep it at that, but, you know, every once in a while, I like to treat myself to a little, uh, Sally. Florida Stanley, 10 bucks, not sponsored. thank you. I'm not a sponsor for this, even though I should be. I love it. It's my favorite. It has more Mine caffeine too. than, than uh, most. I know, but it doesn't have all the, uh, like, guarana and all that, Yohembi I mean, fucking... let's see. I, I mean, I, I don't think there's a lot of natural stuff in here. I think this is just the least offensive of... Right. Of the uh, energy drinks. It's like I known agree. as a like a healthier option. But I love people that drink like two, three, four cups of coffee in the morning and then someone grabs a monster and like, oh, energy drinks are gross. Why would you? That's so bad for you. 
Yeah, I mean, granted, bitch, you're drinking fucking ten pots of coffee. What the fuck? Are you yeah, talking I mean about? that's not good either. I mean, but if, like you said, there's a lot of other added shit. Whereas like coffee, just right. beans and water. I know, but like still, caffeine wise, you don't. Yeah, yeah, you don't have a, a leg to stand on there, no. buddy. Um, damn, where no, was that guy? Oh, oh, don't say I it. don't say it. I honestly didn't mean to do that, but I timed that really fucking well. Wow. <laughs> honestly, I was literally looking down when I saw it, and then I look up and I see it. Someone like a guy. Someone that only has one one leg. Two working legs, but one real leg. Yeah. Um, we have not done off the rails in, in quite some time. It has had been a while. Friday's off. It seems like last Friday was a month ago. Time right. is different at the BRN. It's, it's really fucking weird. Time... Moves quickly in life, um, but about four times the speed of the BRN. It's so weird. So it's weird because it's something like, you know, I can't believe we're already in March, but also last week seems like last year. So I, it's very confusing. There's a lot of things going on. <clears throat> um, personally and otherwise, it was really hard for me to focus because I have a, a Bra- Brazilian jiu-jitsu test. My, my second stripe test is tomorrow morning. And I was trying to prep for it yesterday because I had a private lesson and I wanted to watch some videos. So I had, you know, just so I'm more prepped for the the prepping, you know, the more prepped you can be all around, the better, obviously. Mm-hmm. It was hard to focus on, you know, butterfly guard when we are entering potentially World War Three. Now, does that scare you because of the name? Butterfly guard? Yeah. Or World War Three? <laughs> no, no, the first one. The Butterfly Guard's way more scary to you than World War Three. No, no, I, I don't like butterflies. I've talked about this before. I have um, somewhat of an irrational fear. I understand that they're pretty harmless creatures, but they are uh, horrifying. The way that they fly, the way that they move, the way that they transform is is very disturbing to me. I, hmm. I don't like it. I don't want any part of it. Um, I had a really bad experience as a young child where I thought a certain type of butterfly was a mythical creature. You know, the ones with the eyes on it. Like this. It looks like it's looking at you. It has four eyes on it. Two on like each wing. Like a monarch? No. It's not a monarch. It's a, it's, it's a butterfly that was in a fictional book, a Hansel and Gretel book that I read. Mm. And I thought it was a fake creature, like a centaur or something. Then I went to Wild Animal Park in San Diego, California. And those uh-oh. It freaked me out. So then I'm like, you know what? I fucking hate all butterflies. I hate butterflies of the day. I hate butterflies of the night, also known as moths. I hate all of them. They're disgusting. I don't like the way they move. I don't find them graceful or beautiful. I don't like their stupid fucking wings. I don't like them. They don't even fly. They just they kind of like jerk around in the air. You know, they're not graceful like a bird. They're, they're disgusting. I like birds. I know. I know you have an affection for homing pigeons. We talked about this yesterday. I, I like <laughs> all birds. You love them. But yeah, so it's hard for me to focus yesterday um, when I'm trying to get the latest and greatest, not greatest, but the latest updates on on Ukraine, Russia. Now after talking to, you know, Crush and Russian, I'm rethinking everything because obviously, you know, I'm in the camp of this is bad. Mm-hmm. This shouldn't be happening. Putin's a piece of shit. Um, And I think most people feel that way. But, you know, when she was kind of given a little bit of pushback on Ukraine, me as someone who doesn't really have a great understanding, I have a much better understanding than most people listening. But I, as far as total knowledge known, not very good understanding of the history of the region. She obviously has um, a better understanding. 
And when she starts coming at me with a different perspective, I will listen. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll listen. And I go, okay, well, maybe she has some points. I need to learn more. So that's my homework when I get home today. <clears throat> it's kind of just uh, research what's been going on um, out there for the last, whatever, mm-hmm. few decades. Why, like, uh, I, the only thing I didn't understand that she was talking about is she said, you know, don't believe the media. And I'm like, so are they really not bombing Kiev? Or like, what do you mean by that? Right. Because it seems like it's happening. Crushing Russian. It seems like it's happening. Tell me how it's not happening. Where can I go and see the other side of wherever that other side may be? So um, I'm curious to know. I'm curious to learn. <clears throat> I'm three weeks clean. No social media going on four. That long. Yeah. And I mean, like, obviously, I have to get on for the Bubba Army and post, you know, yeah. shit like Bubba blowing out the tires and the skid marks or wait, are they called skid marks or is that? All right, skid marks. Or are those on the toilet? Or they're both? Actually, it's usually in underwear. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. The but, burnout but yes. The burnout uh, tracks. What do you call them? Skid marks. Yeah. Yeah, so it would be a skid mark, but a skid mark is usually a break or like a turn. But, okay, so then what is that it, called? The burnout mark? Yeah. Okay. The peg leg single burnout mark. The peg leg single burnout marks um i have to post on instagram for you fine folks so i am on i'm not completely like not on instagram or social media but the only thing that was really causing me issues was my personal instagram account which i was spending literally hours every day because i i had a problem Mm -hmm. i've been off of it for three weeks um my anxiety has gone down significantly great I feel like I should be maybe like writing this down, like journal entering every single day <clears throat> in case people are interested, which they're probably not, but I'm going to force it down your throat anyways. But I feel a lot less anxious. I feel like um, when I kind of want something mindless to do, I just find myself going and trying to like, instead of watching a mindless video about, you know, a person I don't even know on on Instagram, I'm actually like going and watching maybe like a five minute uh, video on uh, intermittent fasting or sugar or, you know, uh, social interactions, dating, like whatever the case may be, at least I'm watching something where someone is giving me some information that I could learn. Mm -hmm. So that is awesome. And I feel a lot less bad about myself. Does that make sense? Because I felt like many times I would just waste an hour of my time mindlessly looking at videos and in the moment you don't have the strength to really put it down or the discipline rather and after it was over after I kind of like snapped out of the zone I would feel bad about the time I had wasted I'm like why did I do that again why did I do that again now that I'm off and it's just not a part of my life anymore uh it's I'm doing I'm way more productive with what I'm viewing good and I feel really really good about that so it 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 feels it's uncomfortable for like a week or two not gonna lie but once you get past that kind of critical point then it's it's pretty smooth sailing like i'm like could i just do this forever i have no idea what's going on in anybody's life unless i personally reach out to Mm -hmm. them which is fantastic because you know we always say we don't care but we kind of do like we care in a we're more curious it's a curious kind of type of care not like a you know, you're really concerned about them, but you're like, you're like, I'm, I'm peeking into your life and I'm peeking into your life and I'm peeking into your life. I'm like, why am I doing that? Why don't I focus on me? If you're on social media and you're a content creator, 
I almost have more respect for you because you're you're um mo- uh, mon- mon- monopolizing. Wow, monopolizing everybody else's time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you're taking up their time. They're spending time on you. I was doing that. I was more observing, which is probably the worst type of person on social media is the observer. Because at least the content creator is posting, is making things, is working on maybe business ideas, is trying to hawk a new cosmetic line or clothing line or activewear line, whatever the case may be. But me, the observer, I'm not buying, I'm not selling, I'm not doing anything except wasting my fucking time. You're just sucking up all the bandwidth. Sucking up all the bandwidth, killing my battery, and uh, just frying my brain. And I also realized, oddly enough, that I have a lot more... um, not tolerance for, but I guess maybe it's patience. I don't know what it is, but like I'm I'm seeking out like higher quality social interaction. So where I'd be like, I don't feel like talking on the phone. Like I feel like talking on the phone more. Mm-hmm. Or I'm like, oh, I don't feel like texting that person. I don't want to get into a texting exchange. I actually feel more like I want to interact with people via text more so and, and reach out to people in my actual life because I'm not getting these low, I'm not getting, you know, kind of inundated with low grade social interaction. So I have more um, energy for higher quality ones, which is good. So I'm only interacting with a few people every day. I have no idea what anybody else is up to. If you're messaging me, I'm just I'm just not going to get it. Text me. And if you don't have my number, that's probably for the best. There's probably a reason for that. Yeah. So uh, don't don't talk to me. Thank you. 81390Bubba. <clears throat> but back to the Ukrainian-Russian conflict there is something that that I am very captivated by and have been since I was like probably an adolescent, and that is dictators. It's an it's an interesting type of celebrity that hmm. one person can rise through the ranks and really captivate a nation or more, um, and rule with an iron fist. And it's so funny to me because when you do the math. One person doesn't can't control all these people. Like if the people, including the military, rose up against this person, they wouldn't have a chance. Sure, but you get people in such a like a, a hierarchy of fear and um, submission that you can control a nation or multiple nations or entire Soviet Union, whatever empire, what have you. That you can scare people into submission like that. Um, I find obviously dictators don't tend to be nice people. Usually not. But they are an, an interesting bunch of folks, you know? Do you think we could ever get a like a a female genocidal dictator cuz I feel like, you know, women women is pimps too. You know? No. Bitches is pimps too. No. Maybe not. But I am just really Do you have like a favorite dictator cuz I got one? Um you know, no, I love them all equally. Oh, okay. Well, that's a great answer. That's a that's a pageant answer. Not really one I was looking for. Um, I would have to say my favorite dictator is probably Napoleon Bonaparte. I like him. <clears throat> he was a short little man. Yeah, I think you were taller than him. That's why you liked him. I think he was. I don't think he's as short as everyone thought he was. I thought he was like five three, five four, but I think he was like like a cool five six or seven. You know, not tall, not the shortest person you've ever met. I'm pretty sure he had uh, one leg that was longer than the other, so he kind of like hobbled around. Just um, 
Not great. Not not a great uh, physical specimen. But what I love about him is like he was taking shit over. You know, I, I think when I think of like p- French people, I don't really think of warriors. I don't think of people that are conquerors, even though I know that there, you know, France did some some damage. They, there's not a, it's not a coincidence they speak French in Haiti. I get it. I understand that. But um, I think that Napoleon is probably my favorite because he got outed. <clears throat> and then he came back and no one did shit like they the guy who was in in power at the time uh, just stepped down and, and Napoleon was back in power for 100 days. I think it was called look up like 100 days Napoleon and you'll see what year. Oh, I don't know. When was the French? Rev- oh, fuck. OK, here we go. All right. You got this one. The French Revolution. I don't know how long it lasted. Uh, that's not a fact I have in my memory bank. I want to say the 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 date the. The year 1789 is sticking out to me. I don't know why. As I feel, a start or end? I don't know. It's just something about 1789, maybe when it started. Okay, can I tell you something? Marie Antoinette, what? So far, you're right. Okay. I feel like Marie, the, the, the uh, like beheading of Marie Antoinette is really what set it off for some reason. I'm it's, remembering this from 10th grade. So it's listed as <clears throat> May 5th, 1789. Shut the fuck up. For real? Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive because I, I haven't I looked at that. I completely agree. I haven't looked at that probably since I was about uh, 15 or 16 years old and I'm 25. So do the math. But um, so I, I like Napoleon because he just kind of comes back, but has like there's like a bloodless coup. And for 100 days, the motherfucker's just back in power. So he and was no the, one did shit. He was the emperor of France from 1804 until 18. Crown himself. Crown himself. Right. And then again in 1815. And I think he just crowned himself. He's like, this is me. Right. Thanks. I am now the emperor. Yes. And I don't think there was, was I assume there was a king of France before then. And so I think emperor yeah, is like next know. level of, you know, now I'm, now I'm close to God. Right. Is that how you would define like the difference? Be- well, I guess the king is, is the leader of a country. The emperor is the, the leader of an empire. So he's like, bitch, I don't just have a, a country. I got an empire. Right. Well, first he was king of Italy. Did he, he He crowned himself king of Italy? I don't know. It says he was king of Italy from 1805 to 1814. Well, so hold on. So he was king of Italy at the same time he was emperor of France? That's fucking pimp. Fuck yeah. Do you, do you understand why I love this man? No. In, he's just an interesting, interesting dude. And I think he, he, he was doing... Uh, is oh my god! I'm I'm now getting everything confused. Civil War, Waterloo is that a Civil War thing, or is that a, a fucking French Revolution thing? Battle of Waterloo, that's sticking out to me. That's a song by was it Abba? Who sang? I that? don't know, uh, but I need to know. I feel like Battle of Waterloo was a turning point in some war at some time in some country. And Napoleon fucking nailed it again, and guys. It was, and it was Abba. Okay. Great. Yeah, June 18th, 1850, Battle of Waterloo. I want to say that was a turning point, I think, for the end of Napoleon. I don't think it was a good thing. But anyway, this guy was badass. I think it was awesome that he just, like, came back to town. The king at the time was just like, oh, fucking go ahead, have it. And he just went back for 100 days until they were like, what the fuck? Like, the real guys had to be like, what the fuck is going on? We can't, we can't, you can't leave with this guy alone for five minutes before he just backs down out of power. Right. So then they took him, and I believe he died 
on an island called Helena off the coast of Africa. I don't know which African country, but Helena, I think he died, right? By It was actually really sad, just all alone Let's see. by himself. You could St. Helena. St. Helena, okay. What, like 1826 or something? Uh, 30. Shit, it just said, I don't know. 21, maybe? But I know that he was sequestered on that island for about six years, and then he, he just died there. But Napoleon, very interesting 18, man. May 5th, 1821. 21, beautiful. Um, Hitler, very interesting man. Hitty hit. Stalin, interesting man. And what's so interesting, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things about Hitler and Stalin, um, but both were not uh, born... Mm-hmm. And natively from the countries that they ruled, you know, um, we obviously talk about Hitler in Germany, but Hitler, like most people know, was Austrian. Austrian. And Stalin was not Russian. I mean, we know that he was the leader of the Soviet Union, but he was actually from Georgia. He was a Georgian man. To me, he looks like Frank Zappa, or maybe Frank Zappa looks like him. I was in Georgia last week. You were? Seems like a month ago. Right, right. I think this is a different type of Georgia. What do you mean? Um, I think this is like, you know, much like we have, there's two St. Petersburgs, there's two Londons. There's two Paris's. What? Yeah. Mo- there. Yeah, I know. I know. Multiples. Um, it's ridiculous. Now you tell me. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I've always been kind of fascinated by dictators and, like, how they, like, what motivates them? Sure. And are they born, like, maniacal, genocidal psychopaths, or is it something that they kind of, that they kind Turn of grow into? into? Yeah. yeah. And I think it's got to be more of the latter. Yeah, I mean, you <clears throat> You got to have it in you to be able to be like that, but I'm sure you like grow into it and, and you get desensitized along the way. Absolutely. And here's the thing. Like I was learning a little bit about Putin yesterday because, you know, you could, you could yell and scream, say he's a piece of shit. But like, to me, I want to be like, I want to know where this guy's from. Like what, what motivated him as a young person? What kind of, cause a lot of times you see these people take up causes in their either late adolescence or early 20s where they feel captivated by a movement or something Mm. or maybe someone killed their family member, you know, whatever sort of thing. Like, I've been learning a lot about the Bolshevik Revolution, the Russian Revolution around the turn of the century. And a lot of the people involved in that, like, had um, relatives that were killed by, you know, the czar and his cronies or whatever. And then that motivated them to stand up to the forces at hand and stuff like that. So I'm always really interested in that. But of what I learned about Putin, he was born in 1952, I believe. He became a a KGB agent, Um, obviously rose through the ranks of the Soviet Union. And I believe he was a Soviet spy in East Germany. So, I mean, espionage and, you know, cyber attacks and and things of that nature is kind of what everything he's all about. But very interesting man. And it's and it's funny because like when I was watching the news yesterday, a lot of the times they weren't really saying, you know, Russia wants to do this and Russia wants to do that. It was strictly them saying this is Putin. Like Putin has um, aspirations of grandeur that go beyond just Russia and what's good for the Russian people. It's what's good for Putin. Mm-hmm. Like what's motivating Putin. And as we saw on the screen I think Bubba played, you know, there have been thousands of arrests in Moscow and St. Petersburg because people are protesting the invasion. Um, The people there in in Russia are just, I feel like, as much a victim of Putin as the Ukrainian people are. Sure. Or any of the surrounding areas, because Putin just rules with an iron fist, obviously. And I mentioned Alexei Navalny, 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 
Um, I mean, the poor motherfucker is like, you know, a loudly outspoken opponent of Putin. And he's been beaten in the street. He's been poisoned. He's been gassed. They, I mean, I'm surprised he's not dead. No kidding. They, um, I think most recently poisoned him with like a nerve agent. What was it called? I feel like he wouldn't remember. No, I don't know. Whatever. I guess he, you just kind of go numb and, uh, that he was saved. And then I think he was in a German hospital, but they got shipped back to Russia and now he's in prison again. And I also think that he went on like a, a hunger strike as well, where he's, he, he didn't even eat for like 30 days, um, which is just like hardcore intermittent fasting as far as I'm concerned. Sure. <clears throat> you know, he's just a pro. He's just a pro. So interesting stuff. It's it's what a time to be alive is is what I'm thinking. And it's funny because like you hear you remember learning about history or maybe you still do. And you talk about things like Vietnam and the Cold War. And my mom will be like, oh, I remember and the, we were scared of the Russians. And I'm like, well, we're circling back to that. And now we're living in a time of history where we will be able to tell Future generations like, oh, yeah, you know, COVID-19, the crazy fucking coronavirus of 2019, 20, 21, 22 till 2030 or however long this fucking lasts. But, you know, it seems like we finally clear that kind of out of the way. I'm sure it's still a problem in some areas, but for the most part, it seems like we're kind of globally moving past COVID and then just boom, World War Three right there. So interesting timing, interesting things. It seems like no matter how civilized or technologically advanced we are, mm-hmm. we can really never escape our human nature is what I keep seeing. You know, it's like you can talk to the president of whatever country on the shitter, you know, you don't have to send it by mail. You don't you, you have incredible technology. Obviously, you know, more than most planes, this, that satellites. But at the end of the day. We're still greedy motherfuckers and we still have situations where we have countries invading each other just mm-hmm. over the prospect of of land, essentially. Land and power. Sure. <clears throat> really power. Oil. Yeah. Um, going back to if there would ever be like a female dictator, I feel like, sure, it's pro- it's possible, but I don't think that women are as power hungry by nature biologically as men are. I don't think it's it's as critical of a biological driver as power is for men and I think it all stems back to reproduction. So if I'm a really powerful woman, you know, and I have access to a lot of mates, which I guess is just a hot chick, I mean you really can only max out at like what 50 kids and that's like disgusting. Yeah. Um, if you start breeding at like 14 and you finish at like 45, say you mm-hmm. get like, you get 50 kids. Now, if you're Genghis Khan, you get 10,000 kids. Well, sure. Cause you're fucking everybody. So I feel like the, the, if you can conquer your neighbors and your own community and, um, get a, get a grasp, the resources and women are resources speaking biologically, then, you know, for a guy, that's a that's a much larger incentive than it is for a woman, because sure. a woman could just be fucked by the same guy over and over again, and she could probably have 50 kids. Boring. Yeah, that's lame as fuck, but it could happen. But with guys, not really. You, you can't really pump out 10,000 kids from one bitch. You're going to need a harem of women. Yeah. So that's it's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
81390 Bubba. So I, I think uh, a female dictator would, would probably be really bad because anytime in history where there's been like women kind of like in charge like that, mm-hmm. like Grisada Blanco. I don't even know who that is. The cocaine grandmother. You would think that I would be an expert in this field, but I've never heard of this woman. The cocaine widow or something? Is she Black a Colombian widow? woman? She was when she was alive. Well, that was a pretty good guess. Is she um like uh Pablo, not Pablo Francisco, Escobar. <laughs> Fuck, one's a comedian. <laughs> kind of. He's terrible, but whatever. Yeah. Um, Is this related to Pablo Escobar and his yes. hippos? Yes. Okay. And she was like running part of it or something. And she was like killing people left and right or having them killed. And she was a bad lady. Yeah, but I mean, uh, guys do that too. It seems like. I know, but. And it seems like I have a feeling she didn't rise through the ranks. Like she was just, was she married to Pablo Escobar or something? And then he I, died and then she went got into power. That's usually how ladies do it. It seems like you got to kind of marry into it. And then when the guy's no longer functional or around, then that's when you get to start running things and calling the shots. Yeah, I don't remember how she got started. Mm. Well, I don't think that there's ever been, I mean, there's been like elected leaders that are women. But really, no, I would say nothing before what? Uh, maybe Golda Meir, who was uh, the prime minister of Israel, maybe in the 70s or something. I'm not quite sure, but you, you don't really see it very often. And so I'm not her, saying, go ahead. Her and her mom moved to Medellin when she was three. And it says shortly upon arriving there, she adopted the criminal lifestyle. Okay. Uh, I she, mean, she wanted to be a bad bitch. I get that. At 11 was her first kidnapping. Okay. Uh, That's kind of cool. And ransom. Okay. And then she shot a child a couple years later. Okay. Uh, she started pickpocketing at 13. Yeah, this bitch is a fucking criminal. So, yeah, she was bad. <laughs> and then she had a bunch of people killed when she got into the drug trade. But uh, what was her, like, senior title? Like, what did she rise to the ranks to? Uh... I like, was don't. she the leader of a cartel? Because that's a boys game. That's a boys club. Right. And I think she was. She did mm-hmm. a lot of like, I think she was in the States and she was like the go between between the them, liaison, the liaison. And she like imported it and had it sold here and whatever. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Says so, so she, oh, her distribution network uh, made approximately $80 million a month. Okay. So she's good at what she does is what you're telling me. Yeah. And was she, do you know what cartel she was a part of or? Medellin. <clears throat> the Medellin cartel. Okay. And um, that's not the same as Pablo Escobar? That is Pablo Escobar's cartel. Who came first, her or him? Like as far as? I'm sure him. Oh, okay. I think like <clears throat> she worked under him-ish. Okay. I don't know how or what, you know, I don't know the. Right. I don't remember. I saw a documentary of like. A few, like five years ago, six years ago. I should probably watch that. I I feel like that would be maybe a good move in terms of like being more covert because you expect women to be more nurturing and and more compassionate. So when you have like this killer who's a woman, that might be a good like um, cover sort of a thing where you wouldn't expect her to be the one in charge and maybe she's able to kind of pretend like she's... I wonder, was she attractive? Was she an attractive woman? No. Ugly. She was an ugly broad. Okay, well, listen. I mean, she might have been when she was younger, but like the the pictures I saw of her later on, uh, no. 
You know, Daniel Tosh has a really insightful joke about this. He goes, you know, ugly women, you're just like, guys, you're going to have to work. Like, you're going to have to fucking yeah. put in the hours. Like, you can't just be like, please, with, with a push-up bra. Like, you're going to have to fucking get in the field and get to work. Let's take a call. Hello, who's this? Oh. She's responsible for about 200 murders. Okay, that's impressive. Hi, who's this? Hey, Anna, it's Alan in Cincinnati. Oh, hey, Alan, what's great. up? Great. Hey, so, Blitz, are you through Ozark? You guys are talking about no, this. I saw season one and I'm done. Hold on, hold, hold on, hold. let me let me have a, a side conversation with Blitz here. He may spoil some things. Do you want me to hang up on him? I don't know, Alan. Is he back on? Are you gonna spoil some shit, Alan? Are you gonna spoil it for us? Or are you just gonna like mention something? I'm not gonna spoil it. All right, don't be a dick. Go ahead. All right. So, do you think? Um, in some of the foreshadowing that happened at the end of this half of the season, is there? Does Navarro want some? It seems like they're foreshadowing something for him and Wendy to to go down <clears throat> from that last Sorry. conversation he had with her. Um, I there was a sort of like a sexual tension, right? Yeah, and then he said on the phone with her, "Whatever happened to us? When is this gonna?" I don't know. It just seemed like a weird thing, like a throwaway line. Yeah. When he said that, I was thinking more so along the lines of, like, trust. Like, we had such a good working relationship and you were able to get things done for me. But um, I I don't know. I I think it it sounded sexual, but maybe it was more so like, because I know he's he's sitting with, I think they were like at a mall or something. Remember, they're having that, that high level meeting. And he has that private conversation with her and he says something along the lines of like, remember me when you're, you know, with your your husband or he's out late at work and your kids are away and you're by yourself. Remember me. I felt like he was, it sounded almost a little bit sexual the way that he said it, but I honestly think he was just more trying to scare her like you're never going to either forget me or my cronies are going to come get you if you don't get me out of this pickle or you know something like that but i uh, definitely felt that there were sexual undertones especially because i feel like he touched her in some way like either yeah, on her back think, or something marty's done with her like it's all just a facade that's why i was wondering well he was done with her from the beginning remember yeah. wasn't there infidelity yeah. even in season one i think that there was infidelity and they were going to get divorced but then they had to kind of stick together because that's they... how the whole show started with her right. fucking Didn't someone... yeah they they threw that guy off over the, the roof. roof right right the, the apartment complex yeah. that old man yeah right so it, it started like that and they had to stay together because they needed to be a united front against you know they were both they were both in Shit's Creek with the mm-hmm. fucking cartel, so they needed to work together and, and and make it happen. Right. And it seems weird because like there are moments where they are like affectionate with their words with each other, but it seems it's not so much romantic, but it's just like almost out of survival and necessity. Like he'll tell her that he loves her, but I don't think that he maybe really does. It's more like he like a strategy to make her like to soften her so they stay as a united front you know against the cartel against you know i, I mean i'm not i'm not going to give too much away but you know the, obviously they were having some issues with their kid in the in season 4 so you know they got a lot of things working against them so they so i feel like marty will often like say i love you to her when they're going through a trying time and it seems like he says that just to make sure that she feels like some sort of love and affection towards him so that she doesn't betray him. 
But he's really passive aggressive, especially with this stuff, how she was handling, you know, the son who was effing everything up in the last season. Like, you could tell that he really wants something to do with her. Well, he's just getting frustrated because I think he knows that she's not handling the situation well, and the way that she's handling it is driving her son away, which is causing him to cause more problems. It's just a strategy thing. I don't think that, you know, he loves his son more than her or anything like that. I think he just understands, like, hey, this is not how you deal with a rebellious teenager is scream at him and yell at him because he's just going to go tell you to go fuck yourself. And also because they've been exposed to so much, like the two kids, they know they're in the know about like what their parents are doing, that he has the, you know, as we saw, has the ability to kind of conduct business on his own. So they need to make sure that they got that kid under wraps because he could do a lot of damage, which he seems to uh, attempting to do, obviously. But anyways, I don't want to get too much in the weeds on Ozarks. I don't know how many no people worries. have watched hey, my, it. My wife had a suggestion for you since she knows you like the claws. Um, have you ever heard of Flying Embers? I feel like I have. Is it a seltzer? or? It's a, it's a hard kombucha. So no, nope, no, nope, fuck that shit. I don't like kombucha at all. It tastes weird. It's the fucking soba thing freaks me out. I don't like it. But like, what's the percentage of alcohol though? Because maybe I'll check it down. It's five. I think they're like five to six percent. Oh please, Some of them are spicy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'd be willing to give it a sip or two. But kombucha, you know, I know that I kind of I'm the Flying kombucha Enver's wine spirits variety full pack. Because I'm, I'm kind of like... 6.9%. Okay. I'm kind of like... A, you'd think I'm like a kombucha bitch because I'm into the vegan, vegetarian, you know, brunch life, whatever. But kombucha, it just it fucking frightens me. I don't like it. I don't like the taste of it. Um, the seltzer is 5%. Okay. Well, thank you for the suggestion, but I think I'm going to stick to my claws and my trulies. What's the other one I like? High Noon. High Noon's good. Oh, those are good. Those are nice. Those are pretty expensive. Right. Have a great weekend, guys. All right, Have bye. Thanks, Alan. See you. Thanks so much. One way, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I highly, highly recommend. Out of all of them that I've ever had, I would say my favorite are probably uh, Truly Iced Tea, the Peach and the Lemon, and also the High Noon Pineapple. Fucking dynamite. Fantastic. Yep. Um, all right. We're going to awkwardly take a break right now uh, for editing purposes, um, but we will be back shortly, so stand by. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get when you're talking through Mint Mobile. I mean, I can't believe that I've been living some other life with all this scratchy mobile when I can get crystal clear and the best mobile through Mint Mobile. And I can do it all for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. I can afford this. How much have I been paying on my other plan? Probably getting gouged. But it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plan. I mean, I'm talking jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. Say goodbye to all that nonsense. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with a premium wireless plan starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service 
service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. That's mintmobile.com forward slash B-U-B-B-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to 15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plans. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, we're back. So stop talking shit. Stop giving me the inside Iggy. Um, thank you guys for sticking with us. Well, can you believe it's only three dirty- minutes. Oh, wait, we're live. Yeah, don't, no racial slurs, please. Um, on the way down to get the Grand Prix tickets, um, I rolled down the windows and I said to Blitz, do you want to play uh, racial slur roulette? And obviously I said, no, that's disgusting. Who would want to play that game? That's not what he said. And then I won. That's not what he said. Um, but we are going to the Grand Prix this weekend. I have never, that's a lie, I have been to a Grand Prix before. Didn't have a great time. Didn't have a great time. I'm not a big fan of loud noises and crowds and not sneaking alcohol into uh, venues. So all those three things combined. Um, But I'm, you know what? I like trying new things. To say I went, to say I did it. You know that about me. I'm always like, listen, it doesn't sound like something that would be up my alley because I'm, 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 I don't want to say I'm stuck in my ways, but I know what I like and I know what I typically don't like. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to come to the table with an open mind. And um, it should be interesting to see some uh, fast cars. I will also be there Sunday. Yes, along with uh, And probably today. And and probably tomorrow. I will be only in attendance on Sunday. One day is enough for me, please and thank you. Do you think, this is very important, probably the most important question I'm going to ask you about the Grand Prix. Okay. Will there be freebies? Usually, because yes. Jews love free stuff. I don't know if you oh, do that. Really? Yes, we do. Whether it's uh, t-shirts, keychains, or maybe even a, a box of Cheez-Its, we <laughs> love free stuff. I love it when they give you like uh, the best ever is when you go into like either a convention or a fair or whatever, oh. and the first thing that they give you is a big bag. Can I text Dan real quick? Yeah. I just I just, I'm looking at the rules for St. Pete Grand Prix, trying to figure out what you can bring in and not. Okay, yeah, Our go ahead. office closes at 3 o'clock today. All right, I will, I'll, I'll just, I'll keep rambling on no, as I good. do. I just... No problem. Thank you for letting me know. So, I love it when you start off at a convention and they give you, like, one of those, like, not a nylon bag, but, you know, you those little backpacks, the cheap ones. Not the oh, ones yeah, that, yeah, yeah. The, the ones where you, you, you pull it and, it, and then at it's the top draw... you get a little asshole. It's a, it's a asshole drawstring. But a also... drawstring backpack. Yeah. 
Those are the best. They're cheap or whatever. But when you when you st- when that's the first table, when that's the first vendor, you're like, oh, this shit's gonna be fucking off the chain. This is gonna be great because I know I got t-shirts coming. I got fucking bomb ass pens. Probably get some sunglasses. Probably get some chapstick. Like all the essentials that you want with some free shit. You know, sometimes you get the like the lame crap, like a fly swatter or some bullshit. But most of the time, you get cool stuff. So I'm wondering if the Grand Prix is gonna be like this. But I wonder also if like they're gonna give, be giving stuff away that I don't care about. Like, oh, here's a free sample of motor oil. I'm like, Hell no, yeah. I, I can't do anything with this. I well, don't know. You need to. Yeah, I know. Well, I would just have to give it to somebody else because I think I could identify my my oil chamber. I know my oil chamber. It's where the the, you hold the oil and you need the oil so that the engine's lubed up. Otherwise, it won't run. It's like it's like the blood you need. It's the the engine is the heart and the oil's like the blood. And that's how the car runs. So, um, but hopefully they'll have like some free snacks and stuff because you usually like cool people sponsor it. Maybe like uh, maybe like Celius. So they they actually they might. Celius was at uh, Gasparilla giving away Celius. Um, well, look at so that. They, so they might be at, at the Grand Prix. Maybe we'll have some like pretzels or something. Mm. So oh. I know, I know, like at the Daytona races, the NASCAR races, the media center is catered. Now, Again? the media center is fully catered. Okay. Now, catered is a very vague term because you could be catered with, you know, chips, Lay's potato chips, or Pringles. Or you could be catered with a four-star meal. So you tell me, is okay. it like meal style? So is it like snack style? Every track is it like is processed different. food style? What do you mean by catered? Okay, so every track is different, and obviously every race is different because they're all independently owned. Okay, but you you'll actually find out today because you're going to go down there and get free lunch. That's part of why I'm going down today. To check <laughs> shit out. Now, how did you know that? Did it say that in the media thing? Hey, free lunch. Well, bitch, bitch, I said the NASCAR races. Oh, I didn't... Sorry, sorry, sorry. I got too excited. Okay. Yeah, I'm not NASCAR. saying this one is. I'm saying the NASCAR ones. Well, are. what did you get? Or did you get like hamburgers and it's like shit I can't eat? I'm talking. Oh, did you listen? Quit being so excited over free shit. Every track is different. So, but usually they serve like, they have like lunch hours from like 11 to like one or two. And they have like a whole like smorgasbord of food. Such as? Most of it's like, Airline-ish type food, so it's not that great. But like they have define like, airline type food, like pre-made sandwiches. But 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 like a lot of times they'll have a salad bar. Oh. Not great, but like a little salad bar. Sometimes, and when you say salad bar, do you mean a pre-made salad or do you, I make my own? Usually make your own. I like that. I like that a lot. You know, and like it'll have like you know five items, not like thirty. It's fine. It's not sweet tomatoes. Okay, right. Because then I would just live there. Mm. Um. And like a lot of times, like a little, little bit of fruits and stuff, and okay. like maybe some, like like, fruit. maybe like some prepackaged snacks, okay, chips or something, mm-hmm. and like drinks, okay, sodies. Uh, would you water. say that perhaps there's a chance, possibly, that there might be an open bar? zero uh, percent chance of an open bar. Okay, but because this is for people that are working, the media working. But we need that. We need oil in our system to. Do better to get the, the courage away. to they're get as close oil. to the cars as possible. We're not driving. It's not like we're the drivers. No, we're working. We're covering the event as media. Look at me. Look at me. Um. Yeah, we'll be there. <laughs> One of us will be there all three days. I will be there on Sunday. Probably going to get there. What do you think? Like 11? 
On Sunday? Yeah. Ooh, 7.30? Fuck. See you never. Not going at 7.30. That's ridiculous. Are you fucking kidding me? At 7.30? Maybe 8. We'll probably get there at like 7.30, but then actually at the races at I 8. thought it starts at 12. The race, the, the main race does, but all the pre-races okay, start at well, like 7. Uh, fucking I'll meet you there. I'm not going fucking at 7.30. Yes, you are. We're not going to have our first couple fight on the air about what time we're attending the Grand Prix on Sunday. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to get there. I don't I don't want to do that. I need gonna... to sleep in a little bit. I can't sleep in tomorrow because I got to get choked out. Well, that's so your I fault. don't want to go to the fucking Grand Prix at 6 in the morning. Not happening. 7.30. All right. We'll discuss that later off yes, the air. Um, but this is a good segue actually into something I pulled up yesterday. Nothing to do with Ukraine. Nothing to do with COVID, nothing to do with the Grand Prix, but 11 mistakes you're making that escalates uh, arguments with your partner. And this is probably good for us to at least kind of look at. Number one, it says, we were, we're not going to go through all of them. I'm not going to fucking bore you to tears. Okay. You argue about more uh, than one thing at a time. So you're like, hey, fuck you. You don't pay any attention to me. And your mom's a hoe. You should probably just kind of address each Problem. Two separate fights, not two into one. Correct. Okay, good. This isn't your birthday's on Christmas and you get one present, okay? You get two presents. One for Christmas and one on your birthday, which is Christmas. Uh, Blaming language. Uh, Blame game saying you do this and that is never fun. They said to instead use language that emphasize how you feel. I literally learned this in second grade with iMessages. Not you messages. You messages are, you are a filthy fucking hoe. Mm. And I messages is is something like, I feel insecure when you act like a dirty fucking hoe. Do you see the difference? Sure. It's much better the second way around. Generalizing. Instead of using hyperbolic language that can make your partner feel powerless, focus on what you're feeling in that moment. Don't generalize. And then they proceed with zero examples. But I kind of understand what they mean. Saying shit like, you always do this. Mm-hmm. You never do that is is never what you want to do. You, you want to just talk about the situation at hand. Avoiding eye contact. That's something that I'm very good at when I'm not happy. I literally can't look you in the eye. I turn into Lummy and the person I'm fighting with is Bubba. I don't want to look at you. But it's less of a dominance thing and more of a, uh, I feel disconnected from you. Fuck you. Um, I'm not going to look you in your eye. Um, I, I hate you. Chris, criticizing too harshly. Name calling and cursing. Have I ever really... One time I think I called somebody a dick and then immediately apologized. I'm pretty under control when it comes to my emotions. And even when I am acting emotional, like, I'll call myself out and be like, hey, listen, I'm acting emotionally, but it's for these reasons. And it's because you're a piece of shit. Wrong time. Although it can be tempting to argue with your partner as soon as they do something that bothers you, it does more harm than good to argue in a space that it doesn't feel private or safe. So maybe don't do it when you're at a funeral or something or out and about. Now, I've never been in a situation and I refuse to interact with people who make public scenes i've never been a public scene gal i'm a private scene gal i've seen public scene gals and um i would say uh they're not popular once they're known as a as a public scene gal yeah um 
it doesn't make you look good if you are the one, even if you're in the right, if you're bringing something up in front of people and it's really getting fucking heated and you're like at a pub, you're like at a bar or a restaurant or you're outside, but everybody can fucking hear you. It's, it's really not the move no matter what, no matter what. And I think the thing that's been like my saving grace and probably the, the, the best benefit, if any, of being single practically your entire life is knowing that you're okay on your own. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to be just fine. Like, I, I'm going to be fine. I've been through some stuff way less than most people. I've, I've been very lucky and unscathed for much of my life. But I know that I'll be okay if anything goes down with anybody, blitz or otherwise. I'll, I'll be just fine. Right. It's going to suck, but you know you're going to be okay. And that gives you kind of like a, a sense of confidence. Be like, I know, I know I'm going to be fine. I, I don't need anybody. I may want somebody or... You know, I may feel connected to somebody, but at the end of the day, you don't feel like you need anybody. That's in a, that's in a good place to be. And the reason why is because you know in your head that you can always walk away. That's always an option, mm-hmm. right? So if you feel like you need somebody and you have to work it out and it's just not, that's really, you're not really coming from a position of power. And so you get kind of, you might get more upset and you might do th- you might uh compromise probably more than you're willing to otherwise because you're emotionally tied to this person you feel like you can't quote can't live without them but when you know that you can then if they don't act right and you try to work it out in a constructive and mature way and it's not working time after time after time then you know you're going to be just fine and you always have the option to walk away you can always say no, I don't accept this. Now, not if you're, you know, part of a human trafficking scheme. Like, there are limitations. Not that those are real relationships, but you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. In a real, normal, somewhat normal relationship with two consenting people who aren't being trafficked, you know, the you always have, the, unless they're obviously threatening your life and you have the domestic abuse and shit, that's different. Right. But talking strictly pretty normal relationships, you always have the option to walk away. And that's a very comforting feeling to me. Knowing that, like, if things go wrong, like, I'm I'm gonna be all right. I'll, I've been through shit before. I'm gonna be through shit again. And it's gonna be a-okay. But that takes a while to get to that level of confidence. And I've seen, you know, people I know that have been in relationship after relationship after relationship, one right on top of the other. They seem to kind of lack that sense of confidence. Sure. In that way, where they feel like they really they can't. Or they don't know if they can, and they really doubt themselves if they'll be able to kind of survive on on their own. Um, whereas when single is your default, you kind of you're cool with it. Yeah, you're like, if this is the worst, and this is my baseline, then I'm that's fine. Exactly, it's great. I'm good. Um, hello, who's this? Hey guys, it's Track Me. Track Me on the call. Yeah, I, I I lucked out this morning with the crushing Russian thing, didn't I? You yeah. sure did. That's not why I'm calling. But anyways, you were talking about the track again, and I I can almost guarantee you you'll have your free stuff, but you'll also, there's like, usually they'll run a concert or something like that, too, so you'll probably get to see a postcard. Now, can I make a a prediction, track meet? Yes, ma'am. Now, I don't really, I'm not too familiar with, like, the demo of indie car racers. I've kind of seen dirt car racing people and what that's all about now if they were to have like a concert at an indie car event like a, the grand prix would you say it would probably be country music is that a safe assumption no, no. no. okay no, no. interesting it would probably be more of a cultural thing all right bullets wouldn't you think what do you mean cultural what does like that, that mean it would definitely be um, more cultural 
Yeah, like well, Inuit throat singing? Like, what are you America. talking about? Well, I'm saying, like, a lot of the IndyCar guys, they're not from America. They, like, the guy that you guys had on the show the other day, he went over to another country because that's... So, so they're going to have, like, a yodeling contest? What is... Well, I don't understand. Uh, like, French or France. Like, uh, they're more French drivers. Yeah, so Daft Punk anyway. will be doing a performance? <laughs> I have no idea. Let's see honest. here. The I, party, I, you can probably look it up. Cause the Party in the Park is on Saturday. Is that related to the Grand Prix, or is that yes. different? It is. Uh... I don't see of any band that's going to be there. No. Is it, oh, it, right. it well, maybe it would be like DJs that. and stuff? But here's the thing, though: are the the drivers are foreign? But what about the people that attend? Those are, that's who the concert's really for, right? Like, it's a free yeah, community event. A, party, a free what? A free community event. Dude, that's a fucking nightmare. Uh, that means run for the hills. If it's free, <laughs> that means that you won't find parking for days unless you're camped out there right now. And it means I won't be going to that. But and that's where is that well, in Vinoy? Uh, Straw Park. Where? North Straw Park. Right. So yeah, right there. To, basically. I think oh, yeah. he can. Oh, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. But I was gonna say, it, Bubba, if he wants to too, I think if he can get one of them little fold-up electric scooters, they'll let him cruise around on that thing in there. I don't think they will. Walk everywhere. I don't think no. they will. Certain. They, I've scoot. I've scoot scooted around uh, St. Pete and stuff, and there's certain. Pla- it's it's on a GPS, so it's like on the pier, it just stops working. So I don't know if it's going to be one of those where... Well, y'all have fun, and if... uh, for, I know y'all aren't really religious, but, you know, my dad's doing a 12-hour surgery right now to get that cancer taken out of his face, so pray to whoever you pray to, and just... Hope well, definitely th- th- definitely thoughts. Ah! Right, see y'all. Sorry, I just dropped something. Uh, thoughts no, thoughts to your dead. dad, man. Yes. No, that's all right. See y'all. Good, yeah. See, thanks, Trey. Wishing him well. Yeah, it is awkward when, like, you know, I've reached out to a few people, not a few people, a person recently who is going through cancer um and it is like awkward because most people just say like i'm praying for you mm-hmm. but i don't want to be disingenuous because i'm not praying for anybody right so i'm just like hey i'm sending you all the well wishes that's that's usually what i say that is so, you know if you're an atheist as well and you can wish someone well like i really fucking hope everybody pulls through and everybody's okay but praying is just that's not that's not my game and i don't know i don't think that does anything I feel like you're not, there's very few people, I almost respect those people who don't take their kid to the doctor, you know? Do you kind of respect those people? Yeah. They're like, I'm just going to let God handle this. Because a lot of people are fake Christians. They say, well, I'm praying, but I'm also sending them to the best fucking doctor mm-hmm. that we know. So I'm like, bitch, you're still in the science game. I, I actually have more respect for the people who are like, you know what? I'm going to let my kid die because Jeez. we're just going to use... God's good wishes and pray to God and God's going to get us through this. And then when he doesn't, they go, okay, well, now he had he had plans for my kid. He, my kid's an angel now. And that's and that's how that goes. 813-90-BUB-BUB. So is there one event at the Grand Prix that you were especially excited for? Maybe yeah, the, uh, the, the Grand races. Prix? Yeah, the races. No, but like the one, the big race, which is the Grand, like what is it called? The 100 Mile March with cars? Yes. Seriously, what is it? I know it's the one on Sunday. Is that just called the Grand Prix? So there's a few races on Sunday, but yes, the main one is the Indy race. Now, what are the kind of cars are there? Because you say Indy, and Indi- is that because they're Indiana cars? Yes, they're all built in Indiana. Are you fucking with me? I am. Then what is Indy? Independent? Independent women? <laughs> I don't... Fo- look, let me... Sure, can I keep guessing? Uh, you can. Independent. Indiana. Indiana. 
Indian, Native American racers. Correct. Indian from India, from New Delhi. Okay, what is Indy? What does that mean? Is that what is that? Uh, it's Indy car racing because it's based in Indianapolis. That's what I guessed. But the cars aren't manufactured there. Mm, I don't think so. But the Indy is because those are the cars in the Indy 500, which happens in Indianapolis every year, right? Correct. And there's also are- Indy Lights, Indy Pro 2000. Uh, there's the GT class, which G, like I I do want to see those. Those are cars like Grand Theft. Yes, um, that are like uh, Ferraris and Lamborghinis and stuff. What is GT? What is that an acronym for? Grand Touring, I believe. And so it's just the any touring cars? any sort of like high performance sports yeah, car. I- I mean, yeah. Are they so, made for the track, or is it like Dan's Pista out there? Um, so the, these are made for the track, but they're based on the real car. Okay. They start out as a real car, and they modify them, basically. Now, and I know there's, here's the thing. L- let me try to that. explain this to the people who don't know anything about racing, because I, I think I know a few things. I am an expert. Yeah. Okay, I think with dirt track racing, hopefully you guys are on, you know, you're on YouTube, you're, you're watching. Dirt track racing, it goes like this. Left. Left. Left, mm-hmm. left, left, left. You got it, right? Yeah. I think of what I understand with Grand Prix and Indy racing, it's more like this. Yeah, they don't go upside down. They don't do the pop and lock, but they do race. <laughs> they have glow sticks. <laughs> so that's more what the Indy racing is They're not is all like. mushrooms. A few of them might be. But yeah, not but all. that's pretty much the premise of the race, right? Yeah. And each lap... Is so it's a mile, it's or two, well, they go a thousand miles for it, one race. Is it one or two miles? Is the track well, it's called the Grand Prix 100 miles, is it? And so they do 100 laps, and each one is a mile, yes or yes? Uh, no, and no, okay. and no, okay. <laughs> well, please explain to the people because. Thing. A lot of you listening right now, you th- you like want to be in with the boys and the racing, but you don't know shit. And now we're breaking down the basics. You're welcome. You're welcome. Go ahead. So the track is 1.8 miles. Is that like three kilometers or something? It's like 1.8 miles. Okay. Okay. Because they race through a town, so it's not a track. You know, it's not a track. That's a fucking town right. and, and an airport. So that means that each race, like each race, is kind of designed differently. Like maybe when they go to Detroit, it's a 2.5 mile They're lap. They're all different. They're all way but different. But the total amount is the same. No. Wrong again. Okay. Got it. So how long is the race? The main race? The big race? Uh, Good question. This motherfucker doesn't even know. <laughs> I could just make something up. I know you could have, but you didn't because you're honest, which is stupid. You should just lie to me. <laughs> you know I'll believe it. But, I don't um, know, a couple hundred miles, something like that. That's insane. But maybe a hundred laps. Okay, all right. And the race will probably take. What do you reckon? Four or five hours. Okay, it's a hundred laps. It's it, that's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing. It's racing fourteen to me. turns, five lefts and nine rights. That's it. Oh, that's one lap. Yes. And they have to do that for like a fucking four hours. Mm-hmm, maybe six. I wonder if that's fun for the racers. Like, they hate it. Do no, no, they don't. By the way, so do you want me to be honest about the race? Yeah, it's about two to two and a half hours. Okay, at the most. 
That's why well, it starts say, at noon. I so. shouldn't say at the most because, like, literally, they could like there could be a ton of wrecks and it t- could take forever or it, like it rains. But generally, it's about a two-hour race. Okay, and and it's not like you have to fucking stay to the end. You don't have to stay to the end. There's no there's no one locking you. Oh in. no, we're we're media. We have to cover the race, including the winners circle, and then we have to stay later for when they do the press conferences and stuff. We have to be there the whole like we'll be there till like eight at night. Um, I'm gonna do an Irish goodbye at some point. Um, yeah. I will go to the bathroom and just never come back. I've done that before, and I will do it again. Don't think that oh, I won't. Oh, shit, that's right. Your car will be at your house, too, because I'm picking you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to just Fuck. do do that Irish goodbye where you're like, oh, I'm just going to go to the bathroom, and then you just uh, you know, walk. I'll probably walk maybe a mile or two, get catch an Uber, and, and go the fuck home because no thank you. I'm not staying there till, till 5 p.m. No, 8 not staying there till 8 p.m. So you want me to get there at 7.30? We're not getting there at 7.30, bitch. I'm fucking done. That's not so much serious. Thank you. Thank you very much. Jesus. 813-90-Bubba. <laughs> that's Bryce. why I'm going today and tomorrow so I can get all Get like it the, out of your I, system. Exactly. See, that's the I won't move. even want to be there on Sunday. So when you're like, hey, let's leave, I'm like, you know what? Good idea. Pro tip, be miserable so that when people try to drag you into things you don't want to do, they go, I don't want to deal with this hurt dumbass. so we'll just go for an hour or two. No. And then you're like... If we're there for an hour and you're miserable, I'm going to make you fucking stay the whole time. No, nah, just... I won't be I won't be miserable for an hour because I'm going to be chugging claws on the way down. Yep. Uh, so the rules say if you try to enter the event with alcohol, they will call the police on you and have you arrested and removed. That's why I said I'm going to be chugging them on the I way know, down. I know, I know. Don't worry. I'm not going to bring anything in there. Listen, I'm not a rule breaker. I'm a rule follower, okay? I might be a rule bender, but I'm not a rule breaker, okay? It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. I'm excited to, to check it out. and uh, You'll have a good time. Go. It, um, the weather should be nice. Mm-hmm. So Looks excellent, actually. I was uh, emailed yesterday, apparently. I'm glad I checked my email because they... These sneaky bitches will throw something in there that looks like it's a, a, a non, like, it's from my apartment complex. But they send us notices for a lot of shit, st- okay. stuff we don't care about. Like, they'll have food trucks every Tuesday and Friday, and they'll be like, nachos! Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, God. So a lot of times when I see it's them, I don't even, like, click on it. Yeah. By and the I way, should. next Tuesday we're planting flowers up front if you'd like to help. Right. It's like, well, you know, uh, March is whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Like, pl- plant a tree month. So we're planting yeah. trees every day in March. It's like, no, right. we're not, actually. Get the fuck away from right. me. So it, it was one of those emails. Um, and during one of the breaks, during the big show, I clicked on it. And it's like, hey. And it was just addressed to me. Oh. And I went, oh says, oh, this is, uh, you know, if you're interested in renewing your lease, blah, 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 you might oh. want to check out this PDF. And I went, yeah, click. Uh-oh. And um, rent's going up, baby. It's going up. But they what they do is they pressure you. They go, listen, this is what it would be. But because, like, you've been here a while, this is what it would be if you renew by March 6th. Okay. My lease ends at March, uh, May 7th, so in a few months. They said if you renew by March 6th, which is essentially like a, in a week or so, yeah, uh, it's this much, which is obviously less, and then a little bit more if you do it, you know, by the time your lease is mm-hmm. up by May 7th. And I looked at the numbers, and then I started seeing what I pay now, broke that down, and it's not terrible oh. as far as like what everybody else is going through. Okay. But just because it's... Just because it's common doesn't mean it's it's normal or good. You know what I mean? Just because my rent didn't go up a thousand dollars a month, right? Doesn't mean that this is going to be like a walk in the park for me. 
So I okay. wrote everything down. I'm not going to tell you what I pay or what, what right, they're charging, but right. I'll just say that it's going up about 280 a month. Okay. And you split that in half, it's 140 obviously. Right. Now, 140 is it going to put me out? Um, since I've been working with Bubba, I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But I prefer to be better. So the plan of action now, and I've already had correspondence with uh, with Reagan, wonderful Reagan, and we'll mm-hmm. be living together um, next year. And I said, um, I'm going to pretend we're poor and we are struggling. And I will give them all of the stats about, listen, I know that the market value is going up. Right. And I know that rents is going up. And I know that the, the whatever the property values are going up. Whatever. I get you. I understand. I thank you for considering even dropping it a little bit for us. But our wages really haven't gone up all the same. Because right. what they do is they send you this PDF document. They say, this is what it is. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. But then they say some bullshit, some bullshit. And then at the end, and I read the whole thing. Yep. If you're having any issues with this or you're not able to blah, 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 mm-hmm. let us know. Right. Now, most people don't want to deal with people because it's annoying. Sure. I don't like dealing with people unless I'm saving money. Right. Because I'm a Jew and we like free stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've got free Cheez-Its here. I like them. So that's what I will be doing for the rest of the day. And the thing is, even if you save, you know, 20, 30 bucks a month, like <laughs> spread out, that's still a lot. Yeah. Yeah. 30 times uh, 12, what's the, three times 12 is 36, 360 bucks. Yeah. Just for talking to somebody. Just for, just for an email. Mm-hmm. So, I, and I love doing that because, listen, I love bothering people if I got a goal, right? If oh, I yeah. want those, those, those press passes yep. or I want those free concert tickets or whatever, or maybe discounted Botox, then uh, me talking to people and bothering them, I have no... Pr- it's it's fun for me. It's mm-hmm. a game. How much free stuff can I get? How much discounted stuff can I get? So me sending in a nicely worded email, and I know that this bitch is just the manager there. It's not like she can't... But she Still. she can she can crunch some numbers. She mm-hmm. has in the past, mm-hmm. and I will remind her of that. Like, right. hey, we've been here for like six, going on seven years right. now. Um, we love living here. You've done this in the past. If people are reminded of something that they did before, they're more likely yeah. to do it again. Because they go, fuck, she's right. I did give her a break last time. I did. Last time they tried to up it by 100 bucks, and I got them down to just bump it up 50. Well, it would be each. So okay, we were, yeah. right. So I guess it was like two hundred more, mm-hmm. and I said, "Can you, you know?" They bumped it to a hundred more divided by two is fifty. Okay, obviously, that's, still, that's good. Absolutely. So I'm like, "Hey, listen, you did this for us last year," and then they're like, "Fuck, we did do it last year." All right, we'll do it again. You know, versus um, it's been a year and you haven't got a better job yet. You said you had a shitty job last year. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, she doesn't remember that. <laughs> I'm like, "Listen, bitch, I was fired." I thought that was two years ago. It was. Shut up. Yeah. So why are you so obsessed with me? That's what right. I'll say. Why are you so obsessed with me, ho? Look, oh, I work for Bubba. He makes fun of me and shit. Like, I have to deal with this. He's a misogynistic yeah. peg. Right. You know Bubba to love Sponge. You've seen the tapes. Go Google him. <laughs> Google him. <laughs> Google him. He's a nightmare, but I don't have a choice because I was fired over unsavory tweets. <laughs> Worst. Just kidding. Bubba's the best, and I am grateful of every course. fucking day. That I work here, especially when I talk to my my buddies that that work at you know where mm-hmm. I used to belong to. It shall rena- remain unnamed. Fox Rename unnamed. Rename unnamed. <laughs> Fox Media Group Tampa. Um, just just grateful. Just just so grateful. Just, oh, yeah. it's, it, it's 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 
It's a lot of fun here. Sure is. I'm making a lot more money here than there. You know, they're not, no one's trying to fucking take my hours down. I'm not having fights with other shows. If anything, we're getting along fantastically as a unit. And the people that are having problems are the Bubba Army themselves, fighting amongst themselves. The people are fighting amongst themselves. But the show is is going strong, is doing great, and I'm grateful for it. Um, I did want to talk about this because I thought it was interesting and I think that I want to know who's conducting this study because it says here, yeah, I said it. Hold on. I was very I was very unprepared and I, I didn't have this ready to go, but I'm going to get it right now. Um, one in three young people say that they were actually happier being locked up during pandemic lockdown. Now, what? I have a feeling that, well, this is coming out of Cambridge, the uh, United Kingdom, where they oh. locked people up heavily. So I feel like they're trying to say, listen, it wasn't that bad. We conducted a, 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 we conducted a, a study of gamers, and they were much happier being at home, not going to school, um, because they could play fucking GTA all day. Mm-hmm. Does the mental impact of living during pandemic lockdowns is a common topic. Who cares? Researchers from the University of Cambridge say these teens and adolescents felt less lonely, avoided bullying, got more sleep and exercise. What? And their mental health improved while staying at home due to COVID-19, due to the COVID-19 mandates. Um, okay, yeah, you got more sleep. I don't think that your life was improved. Okay, so you avoided bullying, but did you avoid cyberbullying? You felt less lonely because you were fucking online all day, but did you really have any meaningful human interaction? Probably not. Um, sleep, yeah, you probably got more sleep. More exercise? Do you think people exercised more or less and and we're already a very unhealthy Mm. country pre-pandemic so do you think that the pandemic made forget about covid and shit and i know that you know like tim dillon said this has been a holocaust of fat and old people but do you think that overall the people that survived covid okay do you think that as a society we became more or less healthy or in shape during the pandemic. Generally less. I would say less. Yeah. Because even though the thing you needed to do the most was probably work on your cardiovascular health, mm-hmm. that was probably the number one thing to do. Eat better, obviously, but cardiovascular health improves, which improves with better eating, obviously. Right. But I would say because everybody was locked inside that, uh, you know, and A, you're locked inside, so you're probably less motivated. And you're B, you're not seeing anybody, so you're less motivated to, like, look good. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of let yourself go, which was really not the move, obviously. But I would say that even though people had more time to sleep and exercise, they probably didn't exercise more. Well, I, So I almost said people exercise more because, like, you know, Pelotons and things like that were, like, selling, like, hotcakes. Doesn't mean people were using them. Well, no. What it was was people that normally go to the gym anyway couldn't go to the gym, Correct. so they wanted to work it from home. Correct. So, so those people... The people that were were already in shape didn't have a problem. They were going to find a way to exercise. Yes. Run, Peloton, whatever. Yes. Correct. Mm. But I think I think as a whole, people were less. People that went to the gym every now and then were like, kind of like, eh, they're like, you know, it's 10 bucks a month, who cares? And then they're not going to buy gym equipment. Right. So they just didn't go at all. The ones that were fickle were going to probably, you know, get bucked off the horse. Yeah. Easily railroaded. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Because they were already not very motivated to begin with. And then with the prospect of not seeing anybody, you know, I think you see me in in a fit of um, gluttony before a Mm. few times. Yeah, maybe once or 30. I I don't think anything even comes close to what happened when the pandemic started. It was about four days of just nonstop glutton. 
Like, it was really fucking bad. Well, first off... Because well, you, you got free fucking snacks. I did. So I was working at Horn Blasters, and I remember it was my last day. It was St. Patty's Day, so May, March 17th, 2019, uh, 2020. Sorry. So almost two years ago. And um, Matt, like, comes into work, and he goes, all right, well, we're closing up shop for question mark. I don't know for how long. Um, but I do know that, you know, you guys aren't coming to work anymore because it's been deemed unsafe. And so he took a key and he opened the vending machine and he said, have at it. And I remember all of us, you know, I went up there and I grabbed maybe like a candy bar, maybe two. What? And he said, no, he's like, get in there. Right. It's like, get the fuck in there. I'm like, really? He knows where he's like, he said, he said, yeah, he goes, he goes, let loose. It's okay. And I just went and I just was like. You know, when, you know when you're not even picking things up, you're just shoveling things yeah. into a plastic bag? That It, it was more of a shuffling m- movement. And I came with like, just like, it was like a bag of just like fucking, you know, packaged cookies and nice. candy bars and just like crackers with peanut butter. Like just not the best shit for you. And I took it home and I ate all of it in four days. And that was just that. Like, don't think I wasn't eating what? other shit like at uh, my other place of uh, occupation as well. And because I was like jerky, no, like cookies and shit, because I remember thinking the bars and clubs have closed, which are the places that I will be like my body will be most exposed, like because I used to go out a lot more. So I'm like, well, if I don't have to be, you know, feel like I need to be ready to go out and and in my like tighter clothing, then uh, who gives a fuck? Let's get crazy. And I remember probably for about four days, I just let myself literally let it eat whatever I wanted. I remember the night of when we got let go from Horn Blasters. I'm not kidding. I probably had four or five candy bars. I just I just fucking completely like like <sighs> like 20 years of holding myself back just was unleashed in in, in about a four day span. Crazy. It was disgusting. But, I mean, I, I've seen you somewhat do that before. Yeah, but th- this was really, you know, uh, a, a sight that people haven't seen before. No, no. The likes of which no one had seen. I, like that night, like the first night you did that, like how'd you feel about yourself? Uh, well, I didn't feel so bad about myself because I was kept reminding myself, you don't know when you're going to be able to see people. Because this was, you have to remember, this was at the very, very beginning where everyone mm-hmm. was like really scared and they said, stay the fuck home. Well, see, here's the thing. Like try not to even go to the grocery store, you I, know? So I understand that. But to me, it was a little bit different because literally Bubba was like, I don't care what that said, what they say. We're all working. We're going to work every day. If we got to get passes to come into work, whatever. So like, you know, that part of it didn't really change for us here. I mean, I was still going to Cox every day. Okay. But I mean, you know, not throwing shade to my coworkers, but I wasn't really trying to impress Will or Johnny B. No, I know. You know what I mean? So it wasn't, and, and I, and we weren't, well, there was Bone TV, but it wasn't like this, not that I'm really trying for you people here, but, you know, I, I felt like I wasn't as exposed visually, right. so I was able to just fucking gorge myself as much as I wanted during the day, show up in sweats at night for a mm-hmm. few hours and go the fuck home. Mm-hmm. That was the deal. But then what happens when you eat shitty for multiple days in a row is you actually don't want to do it because you feel so terrible. Like, your body is just like, why are you I'm doing saying. this to I me? know, that's what I'm saying. Like, Yeah, I was just like constantly bloated and constantly eating because when you eat things that are, you know, highly processed, you get full quick, but then you get hungry mm-hmm. quick. So there's, you don't have a lot of uh, sustained... Um, uh, it's like Chinese food. Right. Sustained was the word I'm looking for. Not satiety. Yeah, it's like you're not satiated for very right, long. Right, So I was just eating like shit, eating like a monster. Oddly enough, still working out. Okay. Those two things don't usually hang together for me. If I'm eating like shit, I'm usually not moving, which is well, really... At least, at least not after you eat. 
Yes, especially not after I eat. So it's very bizarre that those two things were happening in tandem because for me, when I'm eating really shitty, I don't feel like moving. So I'm less likely to work out, which is probably the reverse of what it should be. It should, you should be trying to move as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But that, that's not what happens with me. So, um, but yeah, it was probably about four days. And I remember just eating like ice cream sandwiches on cookies and just fucking going mm-hmm. wild. And it was, it was great. It was one of those things where you just, I needed to have the purge. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, I can get back to back to normal. We're okay. Everything's going to be okay. But it says here a lot of young people were actually happier during the lockdown. I'm like, okay, who did you ask? Did you ask the uh, the, the loser gamers that go to Comic-Con every year? Because, yeah, of course, that's what they want to do with their lives. They just sit at home and do nothing. Uh, the common narrative that the pandemic has had overwhelmingly negative effects on the lives of children and young people might not be the full story. In fact, it seems as though a sizable number of children and young people may have experienced what they felt was improved well-being during the first national lockdown of 2020. I feel like this may be a situation where, like, you get lazy and then you ask people who have now been lazy for a year, hey, do you want to go back to work and be productive? And they go, no. Yeah, but it doesn't I? mean that they're happier. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's kind of like a weird mental situation where you don't want to change, but you're not ha- any happier. Mm-hmm. But people think, well, you don't want to go back to work, so you clearly are having a better time or you're happier not going to work. It's it's weird. But the thing is, is like you have to understand that probably the thing that's best for you in life maybe isn't happiness in every moment, but it's fulfillment and feeling like you were productive and accomplished something. Sure. Like that's a lot. There's a lot more staying power with feeling productive and feeling fulfilled than feeling happy or content in any given moment. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't deserve to be happy at all times. Right. I mean, like, and you don't need to be happy at all times. No, it's it actually mean- bad if you are. You actually have a mental disorder if you do. Because if think right. about depression, like, what's the what's the opposite of depression? Someone who's chronically happy that can't be good either. Right. Because then it's, but I feel like that don't, that never happens. Because like your body, the 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 neurotransmitters in your brain just kind of even out. So mm-hmm. even if you're getting the same amount of serotonin, you're not going to feel that change because you're at a baseline of like whatever many i don't know the units but you know what i mean like the only way for you to feel that like spark of excitement or happiness is for a big change but if your your baseline you know it's it's you're not going to get the same bumps as you did right you know at the beginning like at the beginning of the pandemic it was kind of fun you know you go home and you're like fuck this is awesome i don't have to go to work but then after six months of being at home you waking up and realizing you don't have to go to work really isn't giving you the same bump as it did before Mm -hmm. at the beginning because that was kind of cool and shit now you're sick of it so, you know, you kind of have to change with the with the times like, OK, this was cool for a week to be off of work or to be working from home. But is it really the best thing for you? And it's funny because all of my friends that work remotely now and worked in an office before, none of them want to go back. None of them want to go back. But I would argue that probably none of them are happier. You know what I mean? It's just that they say it's more convenient. Yeah. yeah if I, I, I you know I what say, I mean? Yeah, but if I had a job where I could work from home and like just be be as productive from home as I could be at the office, I'd work from home. I wouldn't. Well, hold on. I'm different. Though. I would work remotely. It doesn't mean it would be at my house, but I I would be somewhere. I mean, I'd be you know somewhere. But you would probably most of the time be at your house because most just, of the time, yeah, that's just what you do. I yeah I um, no. Now, I might prefer that if you ask the, you know, the gluttonous, lazy side of me. Because then I'd be able to get a dog. 
You would. And a lot of people did get pets over the pandemic. And then now they're giving them back when they have to go to work. Very sad stuff. But I would say that it's not good for like team synergy to be at home. You know, like we all did like some of our neighbors across the bridge do shows remotely where sometimes you have one person in one city, another person, another city Mm -hmm. and a third person, another city. Even though you're able, you're like, well, the technology is there. Yeah, but you don't have that team synergy as like we have here when we're all in the same room. Correct. And when I can look at your face or we can do like a bit and, you know, Bubba can hit Lummy in the back with a bat. Right. Like you can't get that. It's it's a different energy of when you're all in the room together. I guess it kind of depends on your job, too. Mm hmm. Because if you're like in a call center type of you know atmosphere where you don't really interact with your coworkers that much, then who ca- like right. I get what you're saying, but like it doesn't actually matter, and it you can do matter. just as just as good of a job from home. Yeah, my thing is is that you're gonna most people, not everybody, I'm sure, but most people are gonna get breaks. Most people are gonna have a lunch hour. Most people are gonna have in in person meetings, like in a conference room. Mm-hmm. And all those, although those things can be annoying and stuff, that's when you're interacting with people. That's when you feel connected to people. That's when you like you, you bond with people. I mean, how many times do you say like, oh, we met each other through work and stuff? You're not going to have that anymore if like I know people who not me personally, but um, well, I would say that like Will, for example, I worked with Will in person for like four years. Mm-hmm. Right. We're really, really good friends. Would we have had that same relationship if we were never face to face? Probably not. No. If he was just a guy I talked on the phone to or on Skype through or on Mm -hmm. Zoom or whatever, you know, even once a day, I still wouldn't feel as connected to him as I would if I was in person. Because guess what? We're talking during the breaks. We're talking before the show. Mm -hmm. We're talking after the show. Mm -hmm. Now we're, you know, maybe then we start hanging out on the weekends, whatever the case may be. But if you're just a person who's online and you're messaging, emailing, chatting someone who's God knows where they are, you're not going to build any of those bonds and connections with people, which I really feel like is sometimes the only um, saving grace of, of having and, and being in a corporate environment right. or a working environment. But let's say corporate because a lot of people work in you know corporate America. I, I, still, I, I still would rather work from home and then do stuff during off time. Now, it would suck if you worked from home and then like everything's closed because of COVID. Like yeah. that's the down. That, that's bad. Right. But but if you could work from home and then when you're done with work, go out, go hang out with friends, go do different things, then I would probably prefer that. Yeah, I still wouldn't. And and much like you, I would even if I had to go to like an office by myself. I think I would. Here's the thing, I would prefer staying home because I'm lazy and we all are. But mm-hmm. I I would know that it's better for my brain if I were at a place of work. I know a few people that have either they're total like just totally separate people, but. Uh, either YouTubers that are by themselves or people that have like a very small business where it literally is just them and they went and bought like an office space or a warehouse, not because they didn't have the room at their house, because they wanted to be able to get up, leave their house, go to somewhere where they called work, worked, and then left there and came home. I think that's important for mental health. And that's what they were saying. I I think that it's important to like get up and feel like you have somewhere to be Mm -hmm. and that people are relying on you to be a certain place. Because if you just wake up, literally roll out of bed and sit in in that, you know, rolling chair in front of a computer, you know, you you have work at eight, you get up at 756 and you get up and you get the coffee started and you're online just I feel like that would um, that would drive me crazy. And I, I and I would and the thing is the more you do that the harder the more activation energy it would take for you to go and actually go to back to a place of work. Yeah, and I, I know another guy that he has a, a three car garage with like an office on it and it's not part of his house it's like detached. 
So he literally has to like walk outside for, you know, four seconds. Sure. But like it's his own little office. It's like it's separate. So that, I think that's good too. That helps. But he's also at home where like he can, he's an older guy, but he can like, you know, take care of his wife or whatever. But yeah. And I mean, it's great, especially if you got pets. I know my roommate got two cats. Mm-hmm. So that was awesome for her. If I worked from home, I would absolutely get a dog and a heartbeat. Yeah. But you can also do other things like chores, laundry, sure. dishes, all that sort of shit. So it is nice in that way, but honestly, if you're if you're being like fully honest with yourself, it's probably better for your mental health for you to get up. Probably. Go get ready because it also it gives you momentum, right? You yeah. you get up, you start accomplishing tasks immediately. You got to, you know, brush your teeth. I know these are like menial tasks, but still, make your bed. You have to get it done yeah. in a timely fashion. Mm-hmm. It's not like you have all day to do it. Make your lunch, whatever. Go to work and then you come back and you kind of keep that momentum going versus if you just stay home all day. And yeah, you're working, but you're not really being super active and having, you don't have a timeline to get like your chores done Mm -hmm. at a certain time, then, you know, it's a lot harder for you to be like, all right, it's 630. Am I going to go to the gym now? Probably not. But if you only had an hour to accomplish it during your lunch hour, then you probably would be more likely to do it. Mm -hmm. And that is what I have to say about that. Well, I think I've rambled enough here and um, we probably need to get going because tonight we will be back for Bubba 199 yes. from 8 to 10 p.m. So make sure you tune in for that. It is going to be uh, pretty cool because Bubba's going to be in a good mood. He already decided he's putting the music over. And if he puts the music over, everybody else in the room is going to put the music over and we're going to make a lot of money. Well, and we know Creatine and Travis will put it over. Woo! If Bubba does, Creatine and Travis will. That's a fact. So uh, make sure you tune in tonight for that. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend and we will see you on Monday. Bye. We'll see you tonight at 8. Tonight at 8 and then Monday. Goodbye.